Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of the Ahmed Khan podcast. Hope all you guys are doing well. Alhamdulillah. Um, we are joined again by Brother Ayad um, from our, uh, from our, you know, subhanAllah, what a remarkable conversation we had last week. Um, I know just for myself, I found it so spiritually uplifting. Um, and it's something that, you know, I think we need to do again because uh, a lot of people found benefit to it. So uh, thank you for joining us again, bro. L- love to have you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Ahmed, thank you for having me again, bro. Alhamdulillah, good to be back. You know, continue the dialogue, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, man. Alhamdulillah. The, the messages we received for the last podcast were, were so crazy, subhanAllah. Um, so much so much spiritual nourishment people were looking for. And if we could be the means that, you know, helping people go through their struggles, just like we're going through our own struggles, um, you know, it, it would mean the world to us. So we're back for another conversation. And, uh, you know, Ayad, what's going on in your mind right now, bro? Is there something oh, that's been like man. dominating your mind? Again. I mean, obviously, when we wake up every day, we got so many things going on in our mind. But one thing, like, I think has been he- probably raining heavy now is just just being grateful for what I have. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, interesting, interesting today, like, even just like that topic. So today was obviously Jama'ah, alhamdulillah thinking about this topic of gratefulness alhamdulillah like go go for friday jama'ah subhanallah the khutbah that the brother is talking upon is uh surah shar the one right right after ad um i believe it's 92 and uh number 92 in the, in the quran surah 92 chapter number 92 so just like because like you know he, he starts with the basics on you know, the first first few eyes but like obviously the basis the basis of this 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 surah being those two ayahs where Allah mentions, right? Verily within hardship, there's ease. And then he repeats it again. And subhanAllah, like, this is Allah guaranteeing it to us. You know what I'm saying? That through hardship, there always comes ease, no matter what it is. And Allah guarantees that to us. And sometimes it's hard for us to see that in the moment. But like, you know, like looking back at my life through journeys that I've been through specific moments, like... I look now at those moments and if it wasn't for those moments, I wouldn't be here in this specific time and place. You know what I mean? And subhanAllah, bro, it just like, it just goes to show that greatness of Allah, that wisdom, that knowledge that he has that we don't, right? Yeah, man. You know, sometimes I look back on like the most difficult moments of my life and it's it's only when you've left the hardship where you realize how much of a blessing it was and mm. how much growth, you know, how much growth occurs after there's hardship and in fact yeah. there's this there's this recent author who wrote this book i can't recall the name but it was about how it was on the virtue of suffering and he talks about how the only way we are able to reach you know the state where we want to reach of maturity of growth is from the hardship and the suffering that comes to us in our life and you know it was very interesting is in many cultures growing up um, the father would kick the child out of the house at a very young age and he would put them either in the military or he'd, you know, put them in the, in the forest because he wanted them to grow. And if you look at the seerah of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, at a very young age, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sent to the desert. The desert mm. is a very tough place. Mm. Mm. 
right? It's a very tough place. It's filled with diseases. It's filled with droughts. It's filled with hardships. And the, the Arabs would always send their children out at a very young age because they wanted them to know early on that life is struggle. And in fact, we're just, uh, today we are memorizing this poetry by Imam al-Shafi'i. And he says, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, the, he says, the great beauty of life is in its struggle. And what kind mm -hmm. of life, what kind of good life is there without struggle? And, uh, and he, what, you know, what he was trying to get at is that, you know, it's supposed to be filled with a struggle. It's not meant to be a completely easy, blissful time. Um, if you look at any of our great scholars, I mean, they traveled, you know, hundreds of thousands of kilometers trying to find some hadith, trying to find the best teacher, even though knowing that they're probably not going to see their family again or not knowing where they're going to get their provision from. But they understood that that struggle is how they were going to get to that state. Yeah. And so, you know, as one of my friends, uh, one of my friend's uh, mother was on her deathbed. Um, and she, she had told him that, um, you know, oh, my son, um, you know, take this piece of advice from me. And he said, you know, what is it? And she said, um, diamonds are only made under extreme pressure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that ain't facts, bro. Sudden luck, bro. Diamonds That's are awesome. only made under extreme pressure. Um, and you, you know, we, we, we often, you know, we often glor glorify, you know, we, we praise our prophet there's just so much struggle that happened in his life. The person, nobody has suffered more than their, you know, people always yeah. say this to me and say, you know, Ahmed, you know, you know, I worship Allah, you know, I, you know, I'm, I, I do, I pray my salahs, I do everything. Why is Allah testing me? Why is Allah putting me through so much hardship? And I, and I mentioned the hadith, uh, bihi khayran minhu, that if Allah wants good for a person, Allah will put them through hardship. And if you, and the, the, uh, the Prophet sallallahu said صلى that my name, paraphrasing, is Habibullah, the beloved of Allah. Allah and yet, Allah. despite that, look at all of the struggles. SubhanAllah, bro. Dude, that, that is like, you know, when I hear that, I'm just like, wow, bro. So many things are going through my mind right now. And one thing, one thing that there's like, there's a few things, but one thing I want to point out is just something like I was listening to um, in a lecture by Numan Ali Khan, bro. May Allah be pleased with that brother. I mean, bro, beautiful brother in Islam. But basically, one of the things he's taking, he's talking about struggles, right? And being appreciative of life, just like we are. And he, what he said was, he said that, you know, everybody has specific problems that comes up in their lives. You, you can't avoid it. Mm -hmm. You know, it happens. But the thing is, you, you better believe and you better know that if you're going to be a believer, right? Once that problem's over, another problem's only going to arise. <laughs> and it's not going to get any easier. It's not, man. Yeah. Like, it only gets harder and harder and harder. And if you look at, if you look at prophets in the past, you know, take Ibrahim, السلام, for example. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He been through so many trials, yet he was he was considered what Khalil Allah. You know what I'm saying? A close friend to Allah, Subhanallah. And one thing, bro, like being appreciative of these struggles is very important. And we we actually we actually don't give enough importance or significance to appreciating the struggle or mm -hmm. quote unquote the process. Now listen to this, bro. I, this is completely weird, 
<laughs> but I got to mention this. I got to mention this. Okay, hear me out. So it was one time, bro, a while ago. This was a while ago. I think two, three years ago, okay? I never, ever watched the show. But it just so happened that a, a specific clip from the show popped up uh-huh. um, on my phone. And it was the show South Park. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, bro, I've seen everything of South Park. So you're speaking to dude, the right actually, guy. <laughs> dude, dude. Okay, okay. Then when I tell you this, I'm pretty sure you'll know what I'm talking about. So basically, there comes this moment. I have no idea who the character is, by the way. So he's like, he's sulking. He's in this, he's, he's like, he's completely saddened by a specific situation. And that situation is that, uh, I believe like his girlfriend had dumped him. Right? <laughs> Cartman, he's referring so, to Cartman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, I think, so what happens is like, these, these, uh, these, these guys come up to Cartman, I guess. And they ask him like, yo, like, yo, you're down bad, but at the same time, like, you seem so, like, okay with the situation that just happened. Like, you know, we get it. We see that you're sad, but you're okay with it. Like, how is that possible? And subhanAllah, he said something very interesting, bro, right? And he said this. He said, how can I be happy and appreciate my happy moments if I don't know what it means to be sad? I wouldn't know what it means to be happy if I never knew what it meant to be sad. You know what I'm saying? And when he said that, I was like, wow, bro, wow. You know, to appreciate success, to appreciate, like, you know, what Allah has given you, you have to go through that struggle, right? To see that, like, you know, to see that that actually means something. You know what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, subhanAllah, bro. I heard that was what? Yo, <laughs> speak of facts, man. It's like, it's like at the same time, you know, people say, why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? And the question, mm. you know, you should always respond to them is, um why is there so much good in the world oh bro come on man <laughs> like exactly. why are you going to deny you know how much good there is in uh, in the world just look at your day right look at how many things go right in your day the fact that you know mm-hmm. you made it to the bus the fact that you got food the fact that you got water you know you have your oxygen and then the nature of the human being is if one thing goes wrong that's the only that's thing it. you focus on that's it you forget that's about all of the other blessings that you have and you just focus on that one thing and that's that why Allah says in the Quran min shakur. only a few of my servants are always grateful just a few just a few you know you know subhanallah when you mentioned that the one story that comes to my mind of one of the prophets is ayyub alayhi salam uh-huh. right subhanallah yeah when he when he like you know the trials that he went through like he it, it built up it built up like first he, he loses like his wealth, I believe is like, you know, his children, so on and so forth. And then he's, he's, he hasn't broken yet. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't broken. Allah has taken all these things away from him. SubhanAllah. He's, he's still going. He's still, he's got tawakkal in Allah. He trusts Allah. He's like, you know, it's okay. Everything's for khair. This is just dunya. And SubhanAllah, when he gets fully sick, like, you know, Allah takes his, his, his health away from him and he's bedridden. Right. Now, some narrations say seven years. Others say like 18, anywhere between seven to 18 years. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just say that, right? Now, for the sake of argument, let's just take it to the highest, highest that's uh, that's been given, 18 years, subhanAllah. So what it says is that like, you know, he he had like wealth and prosperity for like what? It was 80 or so when that happened, mm-hmm. right? And now, now he's at a state where like so many people are coming to see him. But then now they stop because, like, of the sickness is getting even worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. They think it's going to be contagious. And now he's completely alone, isolated. But 
he's still saying alhamdulillah now comes a time where his wife comes up to him subhanallah this mm. is bro i whenever i think about this it, it just gives me goosebumps his wife comes up to him and says when is allah going to take this away from you and bro that killed him bro that killed him internally subhanallah the response he gives is how can you say that how can you say that when allah allah gave me 80 years 80 years of beautiful life and only 18 years 18 years compared know. to that 80 can you put that can you put that into comparison how can you say allah you know is not doing me justice you know and with, with that he has that tawakkul bro you know he has the tawakkul he's like ah, I, i'm doing this for allah you know everything that allah gives me is in my heart i just gotta i just gotta go through it subhanallah bro think about that mm-hmm. when you put that in perspective and I, when i think about my life in that sense bro if i could take my 20 years of living if i would have put that on a timeline and let's say i i was to put together all the days that i had like all the bad days i had within those mm-hmm. 20 years i could say with my heart bro i could say it would probably wouldn't even equate to a full month subhanallah but those days i choose to remember more just like you mentioned bro. why is it that we have to remember these it's just how we're built i get it mm-hmm. but like bro the second we start remembering those good days, those negative days go away and they, it just means nothing. And subhanAllah, this weekend I, w- I was talking to the sheikh and he was saying, uh, scientifically, bro, scientific-based psychology studies have proven that for every negative, one negative thought that you have to counteract it, you need three positive thoughts. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah, bro. And I was speaking to, uh, I was speaking to our counselor here and she said um, 60% of the thoughts a person has in a day are negative. Mm. 60%. And I'm reading this book right now called When the Body Says No. Remarkable book. And the author basically says that he argues that when we talk about our overall health, he said people focus too often on the diet, on the things that we consume. And he said, we focus on exercising. So the physical and what we're eating, he says, but nobody pays attention to the negative thoughts in our mind. Mm. And the relationship that has with our body. Um, it's a very famous book. And he says, you know, this, the stress that we have that builds up, you know, is a determiner is one of the factors involved in the development of cancer in people and development of many of these diseases, because people have too much stress within them and they don't have meaningful outlets to release their stress, to let people know um, the problems that they're going through. And you know the beauty, you know one of the beautiful things of the story of Ayub which I read, yeah. Ibn Kathir mentions that subhanAllah. He says that um, he says when Ayub was in his period of sickness, you know, and he saw his wife, and his wife had all of these new dishes and stuff, like she had all this new material. He looked at her and he said, Where did you get this from? Because I know you got fired from your job. Because she was fired, she, she was fired from her job because they felt that she could get her sick because she, her husband was sick. Yeah, yeah. So he said, "Where are you getting this food and all this stuff from? You're not working." And you know, she, you know, what she what she was doing at that time is she was uh, she was shaving off her hair and selling her hair um, to people, mm. and that she would get money from that, and then she would use that to buy make him food. Um, just deal with the basic necessities and so when he asks when he, when he tells her to take off her hijab or her, her her veil and she takes it off and he sees it ibn kathir says the moment he sees that and he saw how much pain came to his wife because of him is the moment he made his dua 
Meaning, meaning he didn't make his dua because of the pain, according to Ibn Kathir, he didn't make his dua because of how painful it was to him. But when he saw the pain was causing pain to his loved ones. Wow. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Wow, wow. And even look at your own life, man. Like, like when I broke my face and it was without a doubt the most traumatic moment of my life, mm. um, it was something I could bear. But had that happened to maybe my younger brother or to, you know, my mother or somebody, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I would cope with something like that. And that would be tough. Mm -hmm. And any day of the week, I'd prefer it happens to me than to them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when it, again, when it, when it comes to like suffering, when it comes to like struggle, you know, you really put yourself in perspective. Like you mentioned, you know, the majority of your life is, is filled with blessings, right? Every moment that you're living in, there's, there's millions of billions of blessings occurring and you don't even know. I mean, in your you, body don't know. Right now, you don't know your yeah. body right now. If you, if you tried being grateful for every time your heart beat, you couldn't even do that in your own life because yeah. like the first eight, 10, first 10 years of your life, you know, you're not, you're not, you can't even really be grateful for it. And in those 10 years, knowledge. you don't even have yeah. the knowledge. And then in those 10 years, um, every second, there's like 60 heartbeats. You calculate that you're like billions of billions of gratitudes behind. And that's just the heart. What about the lungs? Right now you're breathing fresh air. You're not panicking. You're not, you're not, you're not suffering, but like your whole body can function properly, but you'll have a tiny cut on your hand. And the cut is the only thing you're focused Wallahi, on. That's crazy. You know, subhanAllah, this weekend, I actually got a cold, right? I got a cold and my nose was blocked. Uh -huh. Bro, dude, the blessings in having a clear nose is unreal. <laughs> Wallahi, unreal, bro. Because imagine, bro, you're constantly blowing your nose. You can't smell anything. Your nose is dripping, you know? It's, it's messing with, with your ability to, to pray sometimes, right? To function properly within the day. Even having a fever, bro. I had a fever. I'm like, bro, I'm chilling in this bed when I could be outside doing something. When I could be on my ground, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I take, that for, I take that for granted every single day when I have the ability to do something. Bro, I can't lie to you, bro. And I know you're going to laugh. You're going <laughs> to laugh. You're already laughing. Listen, bro. When I tell you, bro, I have to, like, hands down, I got to give big props to my boy, Steve Harvey, bro. He speaks some facts sometimes. And let me tell you one of the things he told me, okay? One of the things I, I, I've seen this guy talk about, he said this. He said, instead of waking up every day saying, oh, I got to go work out. Oh, I got to get up. Oh, I got to go. I got to go work. Oh, I got to go to school. Change one word in that sentence. One word and watch your whole day change. And you know what that word is, bro? It's ah. Uh... He's No, 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 no. Not even that. He says, oh, I get to get up today. I get to go to work today. I get to work uh... out today. I get to go to school today. Wow, bro. When you change that one word, well, you understand, you start to really like, you see it like, wow, I actually get to do this. People don't get to do this, man. So mm. there's other people in this world that don't get to do it the way yeah. I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That when he said that, he really put my life into perspective. Mm. I was like, wow, man, I get to go to this prestigious university. I get to study. I get to go get up and gain more knowledge. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. Allah is willing all of this for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I might look at this, I might dread wanting to study. I might dread wanting to do this and that and that. But at the end of the day, bro, 
this is something I shouldn't be dreading, but I should be realizing that I get I get to do it because Allah is the one that's giving it to me. Oh, Allah is the one that's blessing awesome. me with it. You know what I'm saying? SubhanAllah, bro. Yeah, shout out my guy Steve Harvey. If you listen <laughs> to this, uh, you know, 100%, <laughs> like, shout out Saad, do you think? <laughs> Just sign me. Give us a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, we'll get on your show too. Don't worry. We'll get you some clout. <laughs> um, but if you, uh, you know, when I was in Pakistan, you know, I saw, you know, and I, I, was, in, I was in one of the poor areas you know, and, and I saw these kids there, you know, me and my brothers, my cousin, we were playing basketball. And, you know, there were these very poor kids, you know, that came to us. They, they were poor in wealth, but not in, not, not in reality. They're very, they had very rich hearts, mm. right? Very important distinction. Mm. They were poor from a, from a material perspective, but from their heart, they were wealthy, extremely wealthy because they didn't want, they don't want much to do with this dunya. Um, but when I was looking at them, you know, and I could, I could, and I was speaking to them, I could see it in their eyes that, you know, that, that, that the life that I'm living is, is the dua that they're asking for. Wow, bro. Say that one more time. Say that one more time, bro. Let them hear. <laughs> say that one more time. Well, I say that one more time. <laughs> run it back. Run it back. The life that I'm living right now is the manifestation of their dua. Like, like when they put their hands up, many of them wish to have what I already have. Mm -hmm. And they tell Allah in their dua, if I could have this, I would have everything in the world. I wouldn't mm -hmm. need to ask you for anything else. Mm -hmm. And yet here I am, here we are living this life. And at the same time, we're asking for more. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why, you know, there's a beautiful hadith where the Prophet wasallam said that don't look at the people who have more than you. But look at the people who have less than you. Less than you. Because when you look, when you're always thinking about, you know, the person who has more than you, you know, you're always uh, discontent, you know. And that's why mm. J. Cole, J. Cole, in, uh, he, in one of his lines, he said, um, you know, you turn on the TV and you're looking at, you know, this new Rolex. You're looking at mm. this guy with the big house, with the expensive uh. car. And he said, you know, just be content with what you have because mm. it's the best thing because it's yours. Mm. right don't stop 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 you know and, and that's in our society today all these people just faking like they're rich right how many you know that's how many, true how that's many true. <laughs> how many of you know I, I think it was like drake in one of his lines he said you know how many of these rappers got their cars on lease <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they're wow, just balling they're just acting mm. like, you know, they bought it. You know, they have this mask. It's like, they're just renting everything. They didn't buy nothing because it's all about faking it in today's age. Oh, bro, these guys, some of these guys are broke, man. The heck? And, and, broke and on the other. you know, very interesting is in one of, so Drake is, you know, biggest rapper alive, biggest artist mm. alive, arguably the most successful artist, you know, maybe in human history with what he's mm. doing, you know, what he's done with the city of Toronto. He's has, he has, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, you look at his house, his house is massive. Yet, mm. despite that, despite that, there are problems that he has. And if, you know, if people really pay close attention, you can see that there's, there's something off with him. And so he mm. says in one of his songs, um, I believe it's called, um, Is There More? And he says, is there more to life than uh, money and bank digits? Is there more to life than going on trips to Dubai on the 4th of July? He's like, is there something more that I'm missing to find? Like healing my soul, like family time. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have never heard this, but wow, that was deep. Think about it. And that, but he, he's speaking facts, though. 
think about it. This is, you know, it's going back to this topic that like of this child, like, sure, this child is uh, the, the child that I was seeing in Pakistan. You know, he was following me everywhere I was going. And, mm. you know, I taught him how to shoot a basketball and he crossed the road with us. And after that, you know, I was like, you know, why is he following us? And he said, you know, he pointed towards his shoes and his shoes were completely broken. And he said, you know, can I have some money for my shoes? Mm. And I was like, ah, like, you know, to me, you know, that though. To me, it was less than a dollar Canadian, but to him, that was at least like it was, 100. Wow. It's like a hundred. Everything, everything. Right. But he, he was somebody who was rich spiritually. Right. Um, and so when you have a guy like Drake, you have many of these people, he's really, a, Drake is really like, um, he's like a symptom of a broader culture of people mm. who ultimately are deluded into thinking that money is going to fill your soul. As if that's the as, as if that's the food that's used to nourish the soul, but they don't know that the the food to nourish the soul is the remembrance of Allah, and that's why Allah says, That in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts they find rest. It's it, that that's ultimately where it's at. And when it comes back to you know this topic of suffering again, it's like it's like you know. Something, you know, there's there's an f- extremely famous book called Man's Search for Meaning. And it's about this man who explains how he survived the, the Holocaust. Um, mm. And his simple, his argument was very simple. He said the people that survived the Holocaust were the people who realized that there is, there is one right that nobody can take away from you. People can take away your freedom of religion. They can take your freedom of speech, but they can never... They can never ch- take away your freedom of thought, mm. your freedom to choose the o- your own way of looking at the world. And so when something terrible happens to you, you know that you can still look at that and see the blessing in it and mm. see the khair that's going to come from it. And he said, mm-hmm. that's the reason me and many of these people survived the Holocaust. It's because yeah. just that change in one's mentality where, you know, and that's why the hadith says, um, that, that's why the hadith says that how wondrous is the state of a believer everything that comes to him is khair. everything that reaches you is good oh that's deep that's I mean, just deep. think about it i mean look, look there, there are people listening to this and i'm sure you know some of us have been through a situation where you go through heartbreak you know, you go through difficult moments, uh, you know, you try, you know, you try posing and it doesn't end up working. Um, many people are in this situation, but everything is for khair. Everything is for good. And one philosopher said, life only makes, you cannot understand life looking forward, but you can only understand it looking backwards. Meaning once you get to a certain point in your life, when you look back at it, you'll see that everything, even all the bad things that happened to you in your it life were up. meant to be there. They were all lining it up. It had to God. happen. It had to happen. It had to happen. But he said, if you were in, during that moment, you, would, you weren't able to understand the bigger picture. Exactly. And exactly. That's what a lot of people struggle with. And I'm going to say this, especially for myself, especially for myself. I find it very hard within that moment to realize it. But the thing is, like you mentioned earlier, if we truly understand and we know that in our hearts we're doing our best towards the deen, towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make sure that we're on the right path, what makes you think, right, 
that whatever happens, Allah is not sending down as a blessing. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to try your best to please Allah, what makes you think that Allah is going to forget you and forsake you? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Allah will take care of you. You just got to believe that. You got to have the, the, what's the, the yaqeen, right? Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for here. And you know, Allah says in the Quran, I'm pretty sure, uh, please, bro, give me the Arabic for this because I don't know the Arabic. But Allah basically says like, you know, subhanAllah, whatever, I hear this, bro, goosebumps. For those who are grateful, I will only increase them. You know what I'm saying? Subhanallah. Right. Do you know the ayah for this or yeah, yeah, it's in uh it's in Surah Ibrahim. And the context is very important because uh Musa alayhi salam is addressing Bani Israel. Mm. And during this time, the Bani Israel, you know, the children of Israel are going through an immense amount of hardship. I mean, they're mm. seeing their children being killed, they're seeing them being persecuted, and it's extremely difficult moment. And yet Musa alayhi salam, it's, it's, it's basically like a khutbah he's giving to them. And he says to them, while their demeanor is low, he says, That your Lord has decreed, if you are grateful, I will increase you in your blessing. Bro, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like if, if somebody's hearing that, I'm thinking that like, you know, like being grateful is going to bring me any, like anything less, bro, bro. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like, that within it of itself should be enough for you to be like, yo, whatever I got, Allah gave to me, I got to see that. I'll be like, okay, khalas, that's it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And bro, like I told you last year, like I told you last year, everybody that's listening, if you're going to take anything from this podcast, take this. Shout out my boy, Muhammad Havla, 100%, man. <laughs> there was this one, there was one lecture that was on YouTube that he was speaking on. And he said something so profound. It was very, like, very, like, it was like a 30-second clip within that lecture. But he said this. He said, if you were to wake up tomorrow and you only had that, you only had in your life that which you thanked Allah for the day before, what would you have? I'll repeat that one more time so everybody can hear me. If you were to wake up tomorrow and only have that which you thanked Allah for the day before, what would you have? There's so many things in our life that we have to say Alhamdulillah for in order that for that to happen. And we all know very well that we are not capable of doing mm. that. We are not capable of coming anywhere close to saying Alhamdulillah to every little thing that we have in our life through the will of Allah. And that's why, that's why it's very important. Like we, like we spoke to one another last year, Ahmed, right? It's very important that before we sleep, that that one little dua that we talked about is, Ya Allah, Alhamdulillah for everything I do have, but also Alhamdulillah for everything I don't have. Hmm. That goes a very long way, bro. SubhanAllah. Hmm. SubhanAllah. And you know, sometimes I get terrified. Like I legit get scared when, I see that, you know, I see all these blessings around me and I'm like, at any moment, Allah can take all this away like he did with Ayyub Wow, true. A man, Ayyub had everything. You know, he had the money, everything. he had the cattle, he had so many children, mm. he had everything. And just in one moment, everything was removed. Khalas, that's right. Everything. And it was done with, you know, the, the, the divine wisdom. But at any moment in our life, Allah can remove everything. Mm. Everything. And still you had nothing to complain about. Because still you have millions of millions of blessings in that one moment. And, you know, once I was working with, um, I was helping some prisoners rehabilitate. Um, some of these prisoners were serving life sentences. Some of them had murdered people. 
Um, and we were, we were all sitting in, and this was like an official program and we were all sitting in a circle and we were talking about the topic of gratitude mm -hmm. and each of them one by one was speaking and saying, you know, I have nothing to be grateful for. Um, and some of them were saying, and they all recognized how ungrateful they were. And I remember I told them, I said, you know, every day before I go to sleep, I count a hundred things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And when I told them that, and I told them how easy it was that I was doing it, their minds were blown. And I, I literally saw it in their face. One guy, I think he was serving life sentence. He said to me, you know, ever since I've been in prison, I've never slept once in my life. Like in my, during my, in mm -hmm. my prison life, like I would take these tiny naps. It's just, I just couldn't, I have all this anxiety. I have all this frustration built up, but you know, after hearing that, I think I found my cure for my sleep, uh, for, uh, for my uh, insomnia. And mm -hmm. that's just trying to count a hundred things that I'm grateful for before I sleep. And there was one person I did this test experiment on a person who was going through, um, and you know, a very, you know, they were going through insomnia and I told them to do this and they did. And their insomnia went away that day. I'm not sure Whoa, if it, I, I didn't follow up with them later, but it worked. Mm -hmm. Because if you're sitting there every day and you're, you're think, thinking about all of the blessings that you have, it puts you in a state of sakina, a state of peace. Because you're like, Hanal, mm -hmm. I have all of these oh, things. Damn. Why are you serious? <laughs> what? I got that too. No way. <laughs> and you know, one of, the, one of the most profound realizations I had while counting my blessings is, you know, you can, you can say, you know, I'm grateful for my mother. I'm grateful for, you know, my school. I'm grateful for food. But take one of those blessings and count a hundred blessings within that one. blessing. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying, cause I did this, I said, you know, okay, Alhamdulillah, I'm grateful for my mother. And then I said, hold up, hold up. Let's see how many blessings there are in my mother. Mm. So I'm grateful for my mother for, you know, have, you know, taking care of me when I was born. Uh, I'm grateful for my mother for making me breakfast. I'm grateful for my mother for potty training me. I'm grateful for my mother for making dinner. Oh, I'm grateful for my mom making dinner yesterday. I'm grateful for my mom making dinner the day before mm. yesterday. And yeah. the next thing you know, I was at a hundred and I was like, yeah, I could keep going on. I could spend the whole night in a situation like this, but it, 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 wallahi, it, it, I say this because it made me have a greater appreciation for my mother. And yeah. I began to do the same thing with other things as well with certain friends. Um, you know, you can, you can you you say alhamdulillah for islam and then go in into that into, yeah. i have what we were in today's khutbah the scholar was saying you know there's no debate in our religion as to how to worship allah we know you know this is how you mm. worship allah other religions ask can we even worship god like how are we supposed to be grateful yeah. to god this is like something we need to be like we have we, we have our salah we have a Quran. I'm grateful for the Prophet I'm grateful for Allah. I'm grateful for some. And that's why one of my favorite duas is Raditu Billahi Rabban Wabi Islami Dina Wabi Muhammadan Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Wanabiyan Warasulam And it says I am content with Allah as my Lord Islam as my religion and the Prophet yeah. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is my Prophet and mm. whenever I recite it, I'm just like, look, if I have these three, I have the world. Bro, that's it, man. That's it. You know, imagine, imagine this. This has been on my mind now. And it, it, it just like, bro, this is something, bro. I, I saw this funny video. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
This was like, this was a long time ago. Well, mashallah, this brother made a video, Allahumma barik, Allah blessed brother. But he was like, he just, he made this dialogue, right? Where he said, where it's like, um, he's like, he goes up to a sister, right? And he plays both roles. He's like, assalamu alaikum sister. Um, I'm looking to get married. Are you interested in that? Like, you know, would you like to take things further here? You know what I'm saying? And then she's like, okay, but uh, are you rich? What money you got? So then right away, subhanAllah, you know what he says, bro? Why? When he said, he's like, bro, when he said this, I had to laugh, obviously. But wallahi, it hit me deep. When he said this, bro, and I know you're going to laugh. He says like, well, I mean, yeah, I never missed my Surah Kaaba before Fajr every morning, so I don't know what to think. <laughs> I was like, bro, I was like, bro, so duck time, you were, you couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> like, think about it. And, and for those, the whole world for, for, for those who don't know, it's the, for, for those who, do, who don't get the reference, there's a hadith that says that, um, that the, the two rakats uh, sunnah uh, in fajr before the fard um, is better than everything that's in the world. And so what he was and saying that is that if, you know, if it's I, better than the I'm world and what it contains, better than what's in the world and what it contains. Yeah. SubhanAllah, bro. When you think about that, just like, you know, now imagine you're praying those two rakat, right? You're praying those two rakat. The blessings within that two rakat is absolutely immense. Allah is literally putting the world in your hands. Allah is putting the world in your hands. He's saying, yeah, now you have everything like the world has and whatever is in it, whatever it contains. You have the world and whatever it contains. That's it. Halas. Just pray mm-hmm. Turaqa. And bro, imagine how rich we are when we pray those Turaqa. And this is only Sunnah, bro. This is only Sunnah. Imagine the Fard. Imagine mm-hmm. the Fard prayer and what we can obtain from just praying the Fard prayer. Allah alam, Allah knows best. Oh, wow, bro. I can't even imagine. And that's something, that's something if you guys want to take, bro, if you're struggling with khushu in your salah, try to think about that. Try to think about how just two rak'ah of sunnah, Allah puts the whole world in your hand. Imagine the fard salah. What is Allah giving to you? You know what I mean? And you, you know, you, the teacher, our teacher was saying this and it just, it blew my mind, subhanAllah. When during the al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, the Prophet sallallahu mm. alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went and he um he 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 met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the salahs are prescribed, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands him that yeah. you know, tell your tell your ummah you have to pray fifty salahs every day. Mm-hmm. Right? And the Prophet comes back down um and then he sees Musa alayhi salam and Musa mm-hmm. alayhi salam says you know, my, I trust me, I dealt with the Bani Israel. I dealt with the children of Israel. Your people will not be able to do it. They go won't do back. it. They won't do it. They mm. go back to Allah and reduce it by five. And the Prophet ﷺ goes back to Allah and it's reduced by five. And then he comes back down and Musa ﷺ says, you got to reduce it again. Mm. But he goes back and forth. Prophet ﷺ keeps going until he arrives at Salam five. Right? Yeah. And then... Uh, he goes back to Musa alayhi salam and then Salam. Musa alayhi salam says, I know the Bani Israel. I know people. I dealt with them. I dealt with their mm. BS, man. They, you know, I, I know what mm. they did. They kept messing up. Your people won't be able to do it either. And the Prophet salam says, you know, uh, paraphrasing that, you know, um, you know, I'm too, I'm too shy to ask too Allah shy. to reduce it. But the beauty why I mention is because the original was 50. Mm. Now it's five. But Allah is so merciful that 
Although wow. it's only five, we get the reward for 50. Dude, can you imagine? Allahu Akbar, bro. Allahu Akbar. Bro. Allah. Dude, and you know one thing, one thing, bro, bro, bro. This, this is like, this is something that goes heavy on my mind all the time. So, <clears throat> so basically like how Allah has a hundred parts of mercy, right? <clears throat> and of the hundred, Allah has only given one part of the hundred to this dunya, to this world. And the 99, where is it left? He's saving it for the day of judgment. Now just take that one bit of mercy, one part of mercy out of the hundred. And imagine how much Allah has blessed you, your family members, your friends, the people around you. Bro, what? just one part of that mercy. Can you imagine? Mm. Can you imagine how, how merciful, how merciful your Lord is, bro? I can't even, like, I, something hard to fathom, you know what I'm saying? SubhanAllah. Mm -hmm. You can't even put it into perspective sometimes. You just got to sit there and try and ponder over it, but you still can't comprehend that greatness, you know? SubhanAllah, bro. And, you, you know, um, yeah, and, and it relates back to this ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا يَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ بِعَذَابِكُمْ إِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ وَآمَنْتُمْ SubhanAllah. So listen to this. Yeah, go on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, why should Allah punish you if you are grateful and you're faithful? <laughs> like, like why? Like if, if, if like, you know, people, people, you know, orientalists and people who want to attack our religion, they portray Allah as if, you know, Allah is, you know, Allah loves punishing. But I mean, you look at the, you look at the beginning of every surah, does it begin with in the name of Allah, the punisher? Is the, no. In the name of Allah, the just? No. And the name of Allah, the most merciful. merciful. And let me let, let, let me hit it back with another one. The most merciful, the most compassionate. SubhanAllah. Ah. <laughs> back right? to back right there. Back to back. Back to back. And why? Because mercy. And that's why Allah says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةَ لِلْعَالَمِينَ To the Prophet وسلم, that we sent you as a mercy to all the worlds. Not, not we didn't send you as a punisher to the world or we sent you no. to justice. We sent you as a mercy. And our religion now, you know, one of our teachers was saying, there's all this talk about social justice. So let's change it. Let's start a social mercy movement. Mm. Because nobody, nobody wants, if you want Allah to deal with you justly on the day of judgment, you're a fool. Oh, I'm going to repeat it one more time. If you want Allah to deal with you justly on the day of judgment, you're a fool. You should want Allah to deal with you mercifully. Because the yeah. amount of mistakes that we've ma made in our life, the amount of sins we've accumulated, if Allah holds us accountable to it, we're failures. Just like we want Allah to have mercy. And that's why the first hadith, literally, bro, the first hadith that any student of knowledge learns is Ar-Rahimun Rahman, Irhamu man fil ard, yarhamukum man fil sama. And the, the hadith says the merciful will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful to those on the earth and the one in the heavens will have mercy upon you. Allah Akbar. So if you Allah want, Akbar. you know, if, if you want Allah to have mercy on you, show mercy to other people, right? Show mercy to other people. It's repel a wrong with a right. And I'll tell you a great story, bro. I'll tell you a funny story. Mm. It's, it's a little bit mm -hmm. funny, but I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, let's go. <laughs> So the ayat, I was reading this ayat in the Quran and Allah says, إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي أَحْسَنْ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ 
that um, repel a repel an evil with that which is better, and you'll find that the person who holds hatred towards you will become a good friend. So this was about, I think wow. I think this is about two or three years ago. I was taking transit to uh, SFU. Um, and it was, it was Ramadan had just finished. So obviously I lost some weight. I was a bit skinny. Um, and I had my, I had my Quran in my hand, um, and, uh, my English translation and the man, this man was looking at me and he's like, man, you know, I wish I could get that skinny man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna pause off for that second real quick. I don't know about you, man, but for the people who are listening, whoever can relate to him, um, I don't know what y'all on because for me. Whenever I go through Ramadan, I gain weight, bro. I don't know how. These are two camps. You relate to me, bro. Dude, it's two different <laughs> sides of the spectrum, I swear. Where's the balance? Where's the balance? Um, I know, man. So anyway, so I was, uh, I was there and, I, and this was like a packed bus. And people weren't talking. We were the only ones talking. And so he looks at me and then he kind of, uh, he's like, he's like, and I, I told him, I said, yeah, you know, I was just fasting. That's why I'm, that's why I lost a lot of weight. And he said, oh, you're Muslim, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm Muslim. And he said, you know, I don't agree with many of the things that your religion talks about, right? And yeah. I was like, you know, like, what do you mean? You know, let's have a discussion on it. And, you know, he starts talking about many of these, you know, I'm not saying he's Islamophobic. I don't even like the word, but like he was saying many of these points that we've heard, your prophet did this, you know, your religion talks about this, this, this. Oh, and I'm there on the bus. Um, and I'm just, uh, you know, it's a dialogue, but I'm refuting his arguments. In fact, there's this Christian woman who was like cheering me on. She said, "Yeah, keep it going. Keep it yeah. going. Christian sister coming too, huh?" I was like, I was like, I was like, we're on the same team. We're on the same yeah, team here. We'll do and <laughs> can't be asked, bro. Damn, damn. I and like every everyone's the whole bus is like dead quiet. Everyone's looking at the conversation. Mm. Um, and I was speaking to him in a very calm manner. Like I was very mm-hmm. calm. My voice never, I was just like, why do you think, you know, that's a problem? Or and I, I just explaining it. My voice was never yeah. raised. And so we get to the destination. Everybody gets off the bus, but he's a bit older, right? So he slowly gets off. And when he gets off the bus, he sees that I'm waiting for him. And he says, you know, why are you waiting for me? And I'm like, you know, I wanted to, you know, continue our conversation. And, you know, and if you needed any help, I'm here for you. And he said, wow. He said, you know, I really appreciate it. And so we, you know, we walked, we walked up the stairs, we got on the sky train, we were speaking with one another. And when I got to my destination, um, I got out and he got out with me and he looked at me and he just said, he said, he said, you know, you've changed many of my views. And, you know, the Allah fact, Akbar. he said, the Allah fact, Akbar. he said, the fact, you know, I don't, I don't share this out of pride, astaghfirullah, Allah knows. But he said, the fact that you responded to me so calmly, you know, without raising your voice or, you know, yelling at me was something that really caught my eye and the character that you had. And to me that, you know, and I obviously I have so many shortcomings, but like, you know, that the, when the ayat says repel an evil with that, what's better. And then you'll find that your enemy will become your friend. And he said to me, he said, can I have your number? He said, I would love to speak to you. I'd love to, you know, bring you to my house and you can meet some of my friends. We can have these conversations and you can share it, change their opinion. Mm. And it was really at that moment where I realized that we need to stop getting angry. We need to stop jumping to conclusions when people say certain things about us or our religion and just speak calmly to people. But obviously, yeah, if people because- start, if obviously if people try threatening us and stuff, 
you know, Ma- yeah. you know, uh, people are going to think we're extremists, but Malcolm X said, you know, <laughs> be courteous, be calm, be respectful to people. But if someone puts their hand on you, put them in the grave. Respectfully. Respectfully. Right. Not, I'm not saying, you know, we're not saying go and kill people, but just on a general note, that's something I've just taken in my character. You know, I was walking down, uh, you know, downtown uh, in, in the Bay Area and I was in my soul. And my friend just mm. looked at me and he was like, yo, all these people are giving you like these weird looks. And I'm like, bro, I'm just responding back to them with a smile. Like, mm. and that's two things bro. I want to touch on real quick. Based on what you're saying is number one, I think it was Habib who said this, bro. Uh, mashallah, bro. May Allah preserve him. God, man, forgive him, sister. Forgive Ameen. him for his sins and grant them that, bro. I mean, but I think I, I, I'm not sure if it was him or not, but basically how it goes like people don't read the Quran. People don't read Hadith. They don't know anything about the Sunnah Islam, but they see Islam through your actions. Uh. They see Islam through how you act, how in your day-to-day lives, that's how they consume Islam. Right. And that's why it's important, but it's important to be on your best. You have your akhlaq like, on point as much as you can obviously we mess up every now and then mm-hmm. but like that's how other people consume islam right and that's why it's important to be on our best behavior man right mm-hmm. and another thing i want to say is how you and just, just, and just before you get to that i just want to mention that the mm-hmm. sahaba asked um umar ibn al-khattab radiallahu anhu um umar ibn al-khattab radiallahu anhu said to them you know um, you know, give da- paraphrasing, you know, give uh, like da'wah to people without speaking. And he said, yeah, how yeah. can we give da'wah without speaking? And he said, through good character. Sadat, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's it, man. And you know, like, people, bro, people will notice. People will see it just like that brother noticed you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Solomon, guide him. Yeah. Right. People will notice. And, you know, if you really just walk out, you know, there was, um, um, I think it was uh, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis mm. wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, he wrote some other books uh, as well. But um, he said, you know, I was an atheist. And he was, a, he, was, he, was, he was a former Christian. But he said, you know, I was an atheist until I, I met a man named Chesterton. And he just had this persona, like this character, yeah. this like level of spirituality that when I met him, I had to really examine my own faith. Yeah. And we had this... Um, this brilliant author named Guy Eaton, um, who was a committed atheist, and he met uh, a man named Martin Lings, who has the best. He's Martin Lings has re- has the best seerah on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You have it right there. Shout him out right there. Say, so, you know, my guy Martin Lings. No, he ain't got the book. Go get it yourself. It's amazing. Allahumma barik. It's right there in my bag. But um, Guy Eaton said I was a committed atheist until I met Martin Lings. And mm. the spirituality that was just coming out of him made me just reassess my whole life. And so you could be that person. Just mm. have Islam manifest in your, in your character, in the way you mm. walk around. And so when people look at you and they say, something is different about this person. Mm. And when they ask, what makes you so different? And you tell them, it's, you know, it's what my religion teaches me. It changes their whole worldview because they know that it's not something theoretical anymore. It's something that's actually practical and tangible, which can have a profound, you know, effect on people's lives. You know, people that we should have, you know, a great level of respect and appreciation and honor for are Muslim women. Uh, 
because mm-hmm. they're, you know, you know, many of these Muslim women have told me that, you know, I can't mess up in the public sphere because I wear a hijab. And yeah. the second I mess up, people are going to blame Islam for it because I'm openly That's a Muslim. Good. And so there's so much pressure on me um, to make sure that, you know, it, it, you know, in, in public, you know, that, that I don't do a disservice to the religion. And this is something as guys, you know, we really don't appreciate um, until, you know, we start wearing, I know like me and you, we wear thobes mm. publicly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> come on, bro, alhamdulillah. Just like, bro, just what you're saying, bro, because the thing is like, if you ask an individual, right, that is a non-Muslim um, about like, what's something you know about Islam? Bro, odds are the first thing they're going to say is like, women wear hijab. That's, that's the one thing, that's the one thing, like, as, as, as a non-Muslim, you're walking on the street, when you see a hijab, you're like, okay, that person's a Muslim. You notice right away. But when you look, when you try to look at it uh, with a guy, you know what I'm saying? You you can't really tell sometimes, like, whether the person's Muslim or not. I mean, bro, at this point in time, bro, I'm not going to lie. Every brown brother in this country got a freaking throw of, like, a beard on, bro. That's it. Like, you walk. That's why my, my own brother, my own older brother, he said, bro, I can't be looking like these people, bro. I want to stay on my own God. That's why I don't want to no beard on. <laughs> hey, just listen. If the brothers are listening, bro, grow your beard. Grow your beard, okay? Sunnah. Inshallah. But, you know, um, yeah, man, like, they can't, they can't notice. They can't look at a brother and be like, oh, this guy's Muslim. But they notice the sisters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like, bro, a lot of the, a lot of the props go to these these women that, that go through it, man. You know, they, they grind through all this stuff that they've been through. And, I, bro, Last year, last year, when I was on social media, okay, <laughs> um, I was on live. I was on live. I was giving, I was just talking about Islam, the greatness of Allah. And subhanAllah, there was a sister that joined and she was like, can I come on your live? I just want to talk to the sisters about something, talk to you about something and like, hopefully like give a piece of my story that can help people out. So I was like, okay, khair, say no more. So I get her onto the podcast and I mean, not podcast, the live. <laughs> so then she starts talking and then she starts telling me a story. This is it's a Muslim sister. Tells me a story with her journey with the hijab. SubhanAllah. She basically tells me, bro, she's like, you know, I used to wear hijab all the time um, and I'm struggling to wear it again. Now I took it off. Uh, but there's a reason why. Right. And then she explains to me that SubhanAllah. She went through a traumatic event where she was wearing a hijab. She was walking down the street and she got harassed and she was held at gunpoint. Bro, she was held at gunpoint just because she wore a hijab. And she was harassed. She was beaten up brutally, right? And alhamdulillah, like people got there on time and rushed her to the hospital. It was a matter of life and death. SubhanAllah, she survived. Alhamdulillah, now like, and like you know, she's, she's, doing, she's doing well. No, and I pray that that sister now I don't know where she is in life, but I pray that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave her the the want to wear the hijab again. But you know, she's telling us, she's telling me the story. I'm like, like what? Gotta be kidding me! Like you know, Subhanallah. I'm like, I'm in shock, but I'm not in shock as much as I will be in the next two minutes when she finishes the story, because this is what she says. She says it was no no other people. Like, you know, like, I didn't expect it to happen from my own Muslim brothers. Because Muslim brothers are the ones that harassed her. Subhanallah. Allah. Can you believe that? Our own Muslim brothers within our deen, within, our, within Islam, are the people that went up to her and harassed her. And it's just, bro, like, 
Again, bro, I just want big props to the sisters out there. Wallahi, man. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Inshallah, I'll keep you steadfast. You know, keep you on the dean. I mean, keep wearing, keep doing your thing. Allah, keep it, you know, put Islam on, a, on your back for us. Alhamdulillah. But like, you know, like it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. But then I want to tie that back to what our main topic is today. Right. And it's something like you mentioned again with the thob. You're walking down the, you're walking down the, what was it? You went down to the beach, right? No, no, no. I was, right. on, I was on the bus on my way to school. Oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, and you're wearing your thobe. You're doing your thing, bro. Right? And, bro, I want everybody listening to this podcast to, to take this hadith, okay, that I'm about to say about the Prophet Wasallam, where the Prophet Wasallam says mm -hmm. that, you know, this deen came to this world as something strange. It will leave as something strange. So glad tidings to the stranger, right? SubhanAllah. And you take this into mind, bro. You take this to the heart. Like, you really feel that, like, if you're being looked at as a stranger, that within and of itself is a blessing. That's Allah's given, like, you know, that he's, he's telling you, like, you know, okay, if you're seeing as somebody strange, mm. right? You know, according you're to doing something you're right. doing something right. You're doing something right. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Say alhamdulillah, man. Alhamdulillah. Be proud to put your deen on your back. And let me ask a question to all the viewers out there, and Ahmed, I'm going to ask you this too, okay? And I'm going to give you like maybe like 10 seconds to think about it, then answer. Say you're going on vacation. Let's say you go, I don't know, where is your favorite place in this world that you want to visit? Just name one, one, one spot. Well, Mecca and Medina. Okay, Mecca and Medina, sure. I was going to say Bora Bora. <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> Wait, we're in two different realms. Okay. We're two no, in the in the, in the in the khutbah today, in the khutbah today, you know, because it's it's Rabi al Awwal, that is the month the Prophet was born in. Um, and so he was talking about Mecca and Medina, and he's like, you know, what a blessing it would be for us to visit. Like, uh, I don't know where I was reading, and there just somebody was just saying, like, it was in the khutbah. He's like, the air in Medina is just different. <laughs> just and i can i can stand by statement and fully give you like 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 bro like this is true this is true because when i was there bro wow bro i know everybody i know i'm pretty sure everybody watching this podcast inshallah by the will of allah you at least tasted zamzam but bro there's a there's a very 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 big and distinct difference between zamzam you taste outside of mecca and medina and the Zamzam you taste within Mecca and Medina. Ah. Wow, wow, dude. World of difference. Wallahi, it is. You've never tried Zamzam until you tried Zamzam there. That's it, bro. That's all I'm going to say. You but, but back to my point. Yeah, yeah. Back to my point, yeah. So Bora like, Bora. <laughs> it's, it's Bora Bora, Mecca, Medina, I don't know, Europe, wherever you're trying to go. Okay, and I'll say you go on vacation. And like, you go on vacation for only for only a week. Now, you go on vacation for only a week, right? And it's going to relate a lot to, I think, uh, the one, one thing you talked about in the last podcast, if anybody heard it. But if I were to ask you, you go for a week on this vacation, and I would say, like, hey, Ahmed, you should build a house. You should build a house and stay in it while you're here. Is that something plausible to do? No. Is that something that logically thinking, no. would you do it? No. no. Right? No, not at all. And we're going back to how, how we should be thinking is that we are travelers within this dunya. Right? This dunya is just a pit stop. 
mm -hmm. right? In our in our true journey towards our, our final destination, right? Like, where are you gonna go to? Where are you gonna go on uh, like a a flight route, and you're gonna have a transit? You're gonna stop in a transit for for three hours. You're gonna look at the place. You're gonna be like, "Yo, damn, this place is kind of nice, man. Let me just <laughs> let me chill out here for a bit." You know what I'm saying? Like, matter of fact, I'm gonna start a life, start a family here. I'm, I'm gonna live here for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wait, bro, you were only there for like three hours on transit. What are you trying to explain? Are you okay? Are you all right? What are you trying to accomplish here? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, it, just, it just doesn't make sense, bro. It doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. That being said, though, that being said, like, we're not saying, we're not saying like, yo, don't chase your bag. You know what I'm saying? Go get your goods. You know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do to provide. Keep yourself afloat. But at the same time, remember, remember where you're going to be, right? Remember where you're going to be. Because we're going to be in the grave longer than we will be on top of like this world you know on top mm -hmm. of this earth we'll be under it longer than we'll be above it you know it just just bro like no one's gonna do that this is this is like think of it as like a not a vacation but like you know a test right as as it should be as as how we should be thinking about yeah it. and strangers just, just you know it's, it's a beautiful hadith you mentioned right be like you're meant to be a stranger mm. right and in in today's in today's atheistic secular um, anti-religious societies um, with all these new values and stuff being propped up. If you're just somewhat practicing your religion, you're seen as a stranger. Just somewhat. Mm. Right? Bro. Just a little bit. Bro, do you, sometimes, sometimes even, bro, like, I, I will go as far as to say, like, like, somebody will ask me, like, yo, so, like, you pray five times a day? I'm like, yeah. Well, what do you mean? It's like, bro, I have to do it. Bro, are you sure you're not an extremist? Like, are you okay? Like, yeah. bro, to that point where, like, bro, even praying five times a day to somebody else, like, whoa, you're an extremist, bro. And when I'm out here, I'm like, bro, I'm doing nothing. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm gonna be close to where I need to be, bro. Like, you know what? <laughs> Just let them know. Don't be hyping up, bro. You should have told them. My ego, though. Bro, you should have you should have showed them what Tarawi is like in the twenty rakat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a real struggle right there, bro. We Go had on. Uh, one, one of our teachers was, um, he, he grew up, uh, you know, he basically, you know, he came up from a Muslim family, but he became atheist. And, uh, and you know, he just had this revival. He's like, you know what? I want to practice my religion. Basically, he's, he was finding Islam. And uh, mm -hmm. he's like, he goes to the mosque and he's like, you're like, I'm ready. So he goes, he prays. When he, when he finishes praying, everybody gets back up again to pray. He's like, oh, like run it back. Okay, let's, let's, let's run it back. <laughs> 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 so gets up he's hyped you know Allah Akbar, he's in the salah he's praying he's like yo man my legs starting to hurt man like yeah, <laughs> we've been standing just... for a minute <laughs> and so he goes finishes our guy he's like okay salah's done everyone gets back up he's like yo we're running back again like, like yo, we... <laughs> <laughs> he's like yo something's not Don't right here me. and he yeah. realizes that it, it was tarawi 20 nights and mm. this is this this is the most profound thing he said he said, I prayed those 20 rakats or however many. He said, and my niya when I left the masjid is I'm never going to come back in here ever again. But for some reason, I came back the next day and the next day and the next day. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Wow. Allah will, you know, you, you know, that's why um, one of our great scholars, Ibn Atala, said that the fool wakes up every day and says, what am I going to do today? But the wise person says, what is Allah going to do with me today? Dude, that is very, bro. And listen, like, you know, 
as you were saying that, I'm thinking like, I'm already thinking like, one thing that's going through my mind is the importance of khushu and salah, yeah? And how that connects, like one thing that came to my mind about khushu being that when you're praying, right? Say that brother, he, he, he came, he prayed those 20 rakah, alhamdulillah, right? But let's just say he never got to wake up the next morning, mm-hmm. right? Thinking that, that that was his last moment, that was his last prayer. You know, Allah knows best, but what if that was the reason he kept coming back? He's like, I don't know if I'm going to see tomorrow. And that's, bro, this, come on, bro. We have to bring it back to that, like that banger of a call. I'm pretty sure you know <laughs> what I'm going to say here. And I'm, bro, I don't know, like, I don't know how, how these, these movies, these animated movies are coming up with these bangers of code. Oh, come on. <laughs> Shout out my man, Ugwe, bro. I'm a spit facts if we did. When he said, when he said, what do you say, bro? Say it. He said, say it, bro. We know. Yo, come on. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is, is a gift. That's why you call it the present. Um, I'm going to say that one more time Really slow <laughs> Everybody just take in What my man Uwe said bro Now Kung Fu Panda The first one all right? He says Yesterday was history Tomorrow is a mystery Today Is a gift That's why you call it The present And that's why I want to touch upon bro You We have to be grateful For what we have In this day Because we don't know If we're going to wake up tomorrow Right a, either have the same things, or B, even be allowed to, you know, to indulge in them. You know what I'm saying? You know, that is just, dude, when you think about it, like, bro, you, what if you don't wake up tomorrow? What if you really don't wake You could be the most normal human being in the world, and Allah could take your ruh while you sleep, and, like, some people won't be able to explain what happened, but that's it, bro. That's, that's, that's the divinity Allah has. You know what I'm saying? That's why today, bro, you have something today is a gift that's why you call it the present so be grateful for what you have in this moment you take mm-hmm. every moment like it's your last moment and you realize how much more grateful you are you realize how much more you have in your day you know what i'm saying how much more you have in your life just by doing that one thing bro. yeah and you know just on a closing note this is something for both of us for everybody everybody listening is is that you know at every moment try to count your blessings um, at, at every moment there are a, a plethora of blessings that reach us and things that we don't even take for granted i mean just you know just just sit down one day and just really count all the blessings that you have and you will find as allah says in the quran when if you tried counting the blessings of allah you could never count them all you could never and you'll find that simple things we took for granted the ability to speak Right, the amount of people out there who can't speak, the amount of people who are deaf, the amount of people who are blind, the amount of people who are suffering from diseases, uh, the amount of people who have to live their whole life on wheelchairs. Um, these are, you know, these are great things that you know we should really be grateful for. And the more that we remain grateful, this is like this is the last point. The more grateful that we come, the more blessings Allah will send us. It's 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 like it's an equation, right. just an equation. Yeah. Shukr equals more blessings. Simple as that. Um, so um, I, th- I think that's... And math excellent. is concrete. Math is concrete. Remember that. So he just spits facts. So just remember to solidify it. You know? 
Uh, you can just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the equation. It's not that hard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no algebra. It's <laughs> a straight path, man. Don't, ever, no, don't think too hard. He already gave you the answer. So, you know? There's, there's <laughs> no bed mass, you know, bracket. Division, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You don't worry. Simple. You don't even need to add I just anything. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I just want to say. One thing I want to say. Um, For those who are watching, if you don't do this right now, because I know Ahmed, is you know he's he doesn't have the ability to do it and you know i i'm taking as much advantages as i can like you know to do this but if you don't hug your parents if you don't kiss them already just 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 go do that man please well i just do that you won't understand how much they mean to you and how much significant importance they hold in your life until they're gone one day right and really quickly, I just want to say something again, is that there was this one brother on a podcast. It was a Joe Rogan podcast. I forget who was on that podcast when he said this, but the, the guy said, he said, when you change your perspective towards things, right, you really begin to understand the blessings that you have. And the example he gave was, okay, let's just say you have 10, your, your parents have 10 years left to live in their lifetime. But now you live away from them you live in like a different state, a different country, a different side of the world. Okay, halas, let's just say that. Now, let's say you only visit them twice a year, right? And you only spend a week with them every time. Now, you're seeing that as like, okay, every year I get to see them. Okay, I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them. But as soon as you switch your perspective to say that, okay, 10 more years left to live. I see them two, twice a year. That's only 20 times. I'm only going to see them 20 more times. When you change your perspective in that sense, bro, Think about it. You're like, bro, 20 more encounters with my parents. That's it. They're gone off this earth. What would you give, man? What would you give them? for those who don't have your parents in your life right now? You know, I pray that Allah gives you strength to get by. Mm-hmm. I mean, but for those who are watching, you know what I'm saying? I, what would you give who don't have your parents? What would you give to have that back? Just to hug your parents. Just to kiss your mother, bro. Just to, just to be able to, like, you know? Even dab up your dad, bro. That's how I'm, I'm being serious. Like, bro, I do that. I do that with my father now. Alhamdulillah. I see him, bro. Second I walk in the house, before I leave the house, I say, halas. If he's there, salam alaikum. And I dab him up, bro. Like a brother to me. You know what I'm saying? That's the love that I have. Like, you know what I'm saying? I never understood how much of an important part that played in my life until I started doing that. Because there was days in my life where I, I couldn't hug my mom. I couldn't hug my dad. Wallahi, my heart felt weird, bro. It felt weird. And that showed me how grateful I need to be for my parents. SubhanAllah, bro. So for my advice to those of you, if you don't hug your parents, man, just please go hug them right now at least. They're your parents, man. They want that. They want that. They need that. Don't be shy, bro. Don't don't fall under these, like, stereotypical thoughts of, like, you know, if you're, like, in a Desi family, it's, like, uh, taboo to go do that. Don't think that, bro. I'm Desi myself. And I, I, alhamdulillah, bro. Alhamdulillah, my parents love that I do that now. You know, it's, 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 it, it makes me feel good inside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and um, I'm realizing that now, now that I'm far away from my family. Um, mm. And uh, when I even, you know, there's always a barrier between the son and the father. The barrier doesn't exist between the father and the daughter and the mother and the daughter. But the father and son, they have a relationship where usually there's a barrier there. 
Um, yeah. And there are reasons for why there's a barrier there. But because of that, um, the child is not able to express his love to his father the way he is able to with his mother. Um, mm-hmm. And that's and that's that's why oftentimes a child doesn't feel comfortable speaking to their father about the difficult moments that they're in mm-hmm. but ever since i've been here the, the 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 dialogue me and my father have been having has been has been very genuine very you know, sentimental it's you know when, when my dad calls me you know the first thing he'll say to me he's saying you know he'll say alaikum. he's like what's going on buddy my buddy, how's my buddy doing? <laughs> uh, he's, never body, he's, never he's never said that. He's never said that. He's never said that in his life. And, you know, it's, uh, again, it's, it, you know, and this is, I'm, I'm surprised I never said this in the podcast, but a principle I've always had with me is you don't realize the blessing of something until it's been removed. Mm. And now we're starting to, and you know, what you just said right now, you know, it, it sent shockwaves to my mind. Mm literally sent shockwaves to my mind if i'm only going to see my parents 20 times like 20 times like you know i want to make sure each of those times is at least a year it, long it means <laughs> exactly bro you want it to be meaningful right yeah so be grateful for what you have before it walks away from you before allah takes it away from you right exactly exactly and you don't know you don't know when allah is going to take it and when allah takes mm-hmm. it away it doesn't come back yeah. right and that's why and that's why in the Quran, um, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah that at the time of sleep, Allah takes away the soul, and some souls Allah sends back to the earth, but for other souls, He keeps subhanAllah. They don't come back, they don't, and you don't know the moment where your soul is going to be because your soul, when you sleep, the soul is removed when you sleep. You mm-hmm. don't know one of these times your soul is going to be taken. And you're not going to get it back. Or that yeah. happens to one of your loved ones. Mm-hmm. So think deeply about this. All of us, including myself. Um, but I think I think with that, you know, that's an excellent point to kind of leave everybody off. Just thinking about, you know, the importance of just family. Again, one of the greatest blessings mm-hmm. we could have. And we could speak hours. There's so many points in my mind right now i want to keep mentioning Dude, about this yeah topic, same right? here but inshallah like you know we'll, we'll come back save it for another time inshallah maybe maybe next week you know maybe round three round it <laughs> up again you know Allah, Allah. Inshallah. but inshallah. i want to finish on this on this closing note to everybody like just listening just know this if you have everything in this world but you don't have islam and allah you have absolutely nothing but you ha- if you have nothing in this world and you have Islam and you have Allah, you have everything. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You won't see it now. Mm-hmm. But later down the line, you'll come to understand. Maybe not in this dunya, but most definitely. Inshallah, by Allah's will, by His will only. And, and we're going to put the dua on the screen. And hopefully, you know, people can uh, memorize it, inshallah. Raditu billahi rabban that I'm content with Allah as my Lord, Islam as my religion, and the Prophet Muhammad as my Prophet. Um, memorize the dua, try to recite it often, and it'll bring you a sense of contentment that when any hardship reaches you, as long as I have these three, I have everything. I don't need anything else. So, 100%. 
Jazakallah khair, bro. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed oh, yeah, it. Bro. And uh, we'll be back soon, inshallah, with another one. Um, let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram. Reach out to us now on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the comment section what you're thinking, what topics you want us to speak, inshallah. And uh, let's get the ball rolling. So, Jazakumullah um, khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.